0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, one story that my father always told me about his days growing up in New Jersey was about a mobster who lived in his neighborhood. In Jersey? In Jersey. Uh, that's the setting of The Sopranos. Very popular show about the mob. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. So, um, it was sort of like my dad was living a little bit of a stereotype, but he said the guy was really nice. Is your father Italian? No, he's not. He just happened to be in New Jersey, I guess, with this guy. And, uh, but I did go to Italy to study when I was in college and, you know, was fascinated by the mafia there. Then I went to Russia, really? which also has a good mob. Were you hanging out with the uh, mafia folks, in the mafioso in Italy? Not to my knowledge, uh, but I did go to Naples, which, as we learned this week, is quite the center of mafia activity, but also, surprisingly, a center of female empowerment, question mark? Because, question mark, exactly. <laughs> because the story that we're going to try and lay out for everyone today is whether women
1: are breaking the glass ceiling in the mafia. And this is also one of the examples of whether or not we need to assume that everything that women step up to the plate to do and, and break through in, in typically male-dominated activities and fields, is that always a good thing? Is that always something to be celebrated? Does everything have to include a shattering of a glass ceiling? Because I don't know if uh, shooting bazookas through a glass ceiling to uh, perpetuate the heroin <laughs> trade uh, out of Naples is really something we need to be like, yeah, that's an example girl power. of girl power. Okay? All the same, it's a good story.
2: While we can't, is good We can't endorse criminal activity, but if you're going to be a criminal, at least make it interesting, and that's what these people have done. Um, especially when you consider what the stereotype, especially perpetuated by The Godfather and all these mafia, mobster movies, is that the women are just there to take care of the men, to look the other way when they've got a mistress, to raise the kids, to keep quiet to enjoy their spoils, but not raise a big ruckus about what the mister is doing.
1: Yeah, and in a lot of cases, that's that's true. And then for the daughters in mob families, they're typically used as pawns. Mm-hmm. They create the ties between different families. Uh, they'll be married off, set up. You know, everything is, is very much managed for them, at least back In ye old mob days,
2: yeah, and that we found this really interesting uh, commandments of the mafia that were found when they when um, they did a raid on a mobster's house, and it kind of showed how women were viewed. Uh, You were supposed to respect your wife, not abuse her. Uh, She shouldn't expect you to show up at childbirth because you might be busy doing mob stuff. That's right. Um, You shouldn't look at a friend's wife. So it was. This degree of respect, but also this sense that women needed to know their place. Their place was not at the table with the rest of the family figuring out what the family was going to be doing.
1: And they also needed to get over the fact that their husband probably had at least one mistress on the side. Because, oh, of course. Because within the, the mob social scene, uh, the mistresses would be used as a sign of a, a demonstration of a man's power. Yeah.
2: And, um, you know, a lot of, I was reading this one article that said a lot of the modern mobsters kind of learned how to be mobsters by watching The Godfather. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd think that they would have figured it out hundreds of years of criminal activity, but that really cemented things to a lot of people. But it came out, uh, kind of recently that Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfather, based the character of Don Corleone on his mother. Like what he said, when I heard uh, Corleone's words come out, I heard my mother and all her wisdom and all her love for her family and her ruthlessness. And, you know, he wrote this very aggressive character that to him represented, you know, a very prominent female in his life, which I think is really interesting that. Mobsters have internalized this character who's
1: actually based on a woman. Mm-hmm. But maybe Mario Puzo's idea of this more female uh, figure, or at least putting the, the female figure in the form of Marlon Brando, <laughs> uh, is actually coming to fruition today in Naples. And again, this is when I'm, I, I feel strange about getting excited about talking about this, but uh, the Godfather, is fading into the distance as godmothers rise up through the ranks, particularly in Naples, within these Naples uh, mafia families. And one of the leading women in this, all these crime rings, is a woman named Maria Licciardi. Yeah, I think she had to be kind of my favorite. Again,
2: it sounds weird to say that, but if you just want to go for... Uh, a woman whose life can be a movie so easily because it's going to have so many shootout scenes. You're going to go with her. Uh, she, you know, was was kind of instrumental in, in allying all these little gangs together, mm-hmm. all these little mafia families. And then one day they get in a shipment of heroin. Naturally. And Maria's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is way too strong. It's going to kill the junkies. And at first I was like, "Oh, that's so nice, public health." And then I realized, you know, she's really looking after her customers. Yeah, base. she's <laughs> not handing
1: out, you know, like free condoms, Molly. <laughs> this is heroin. I mean, it's heroin.
2: Just, it's just—it's weird how you find yourselves, you know, allying with these people. Rooting like,
1: for the ladies—they're so interesting. So anyway, she's like, "It's guys, probably," and also, I mean, that's that also hints at her, her more nor- nurturing side. Like of when we are talking about, like female bosses in the corporate world. Yeah. Uh, she's just demonstrating those. She's those just kind maternal of skill sets.
2: Yes. <laughs> anyway, she's like, guys, don't sell this. And one of her one of her, you know, allied families is like, no, we're selling the heroin. And they do. And all these junkies start dying, as Maria predicted. Yeah.
1: Eleven junkies died in Naples in one week. Yeah. And so they're saying that, you know, tourists are tripping over bodies in the streets. A little bit of an exaggeration, but But like I said, great movie. Great movie. Yeah, great, great movie. Heroin <laughs> junkies dying in the streets, Molly. <laughs> you have a very macabre sense of, uh, sense of cinematic greatness.
2: So anyway, uh, eventually these, these families are, are feuding because the junkies died and it's bad press for the mob. And Maria Licciardi's
1: like, dudes, I told you not to, to, to give that pure heroin out. We were supposed to cut it up.
2: Yeah. And so, uh, eventually someone shoots. Members of Letardi's own, own, own family. So that means war, obviously. I've seen obviously. enough mob movies to know that. And what commenced was this just deadly spree of dead bodies, dead, dead, all sorts of death. Dead, dead. <laughs> I mean, dead, dead. Blood running in the streets of Naples to read one article. And so the, she became one of Italy's most wanted criminals, most infamous for this the spree of deadness and finally she was caught um but i mean that was an example of someone who rose to the ranks and wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty you know there was this myth that these female bosses yeah they might be taking over but they were you know they're just kind of place placeholders till the men got back yeah but you know people like this are showing that Women can be just as aggressive
1: when it comes to ordering hits as men can. Well, and we should also point out that this makes sense for the families in Naples, because according to their family traditions, family ma- the business matters within the family, i.e., uh, you know, cutting up heroin <laughs> and other things, Um passes down to a female family member before it would be passed down to an unrelated male yeah. not so as we'll learn a little bit later on in Sicilian families which is where the Corleone family from the the Godfather series um, is from but uh, I just want to share this one tidbit this is from an AP story from 2009 describing these showdowns in Naples among rival Camorra clans. And the Camorra clan is, is the one that Maria Licciardi, the Madrina or Godmother is head of. And it says in one of the most lurid episodes in 2002, two carloads of women from rival Camorra clans lurched through the streets, first trading insults in the machine gun fire and pistol shots until Two grandmothers and a 16-year-old girl were dead. Oh, yeah. Be- but that's where it gets a little bit better, because you know where this whole fight started? Was oh, yeah, I do.
2: A hair salon. A hair salon. The 16-year-old is getting her hair done. And she's sassy. And she is too sassy to a rival clan member and slaps her in the face. And so that night, that's why they had to go out in the streets of Naples. In and- their Audi. And rumble. And... uh and what they found, and you know, the 16 year old died for her sass, but what they found on her body was a vial of acid. Like, no, they're about to throw acid. They were going to throw acid on someone. And so that just shows that you got to be careful
1: what you say in the hair salon. A yeah. lesson for us all, mafia related or not. These mafia women who, who were. Taken over while the, all the dudes are in prison, they're just as tough. They yeah. will fire that. They there are reports of bazooka fights. <laughs> Bazookas? Well, how do you get your hands on a bazooka? It's like a flamethrower. Someone's like, gonna know. It's gonna it's be absurd. the mob. But Molly, let's let's go back though and talk about the woman who really started it all, who really made her mark. <laughs> and again, I feel like we're talking about like I don't know uh, Susan gross. B. Anthony <laughs> or something, who is the Really, the first icon yeah. of female mafia member, and that is La Pupeta. The little doll. The little doll.
2: Uh, yeah. Everyone seems to trace this female mob activity back to La Pupeta. And in the 1950s, uh, the little doll, she was in her 20s. Uh, she was hanging out with a guy named Big Pasquale Simonetti. A Simonetti, and uh, he would sell protection to the local produce vendors. And uh, Little Doll was a beauty contest winner, so you know she made a nice arm candy for the Big Pasquale. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there happens to be some bad blood, as there usually is in mob stories. And Big Pasquale gets shot by a guy who was sent. By
1: another guy named Tony Esposito. Tony Esposito. But here's the thing: before the dude was shot, Big Pasquale. Big Pasquale. Um, he and La Pupetta were gonna have a bad bean, No, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So she
2: was a child she in the 1950s, child. a time when you should be, you know,
1: at home
2: getting ready to nest and whatnot. Barefoot and pregnant, but. But Big uh, Pasquale told her it was Tony. Tony Esposito. She takes the gun into her own hands, a little pregnant 20, 20 20ish something woman, and she shoots Tony Esposito. She goes to court. The case was so big that they put microphones in the courtroom so that everyone could hear. And when, when she says, yeah, I shot the guy and I would do it again, everyone just cheers. Like, here's this little pregnant woman upholding these, uh, mafia ideals of protecting your own and, uh, She just became famous. She went to jail and then she kind of got out and lived a life of crime. And everyone was like, you know what? That's what you do in our family. So it's some people make the argument in these articles about mob women that it is the mothers who instill these kind of values in their kids. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that, you know, you can't break up a family or get one of them to turn state's witness because the women just ingrain them, you know, ingrain these values in them so strongly.
1: And probably ingrained pretty good marksmanship because La Pupetta apparently landed 29 bullets in Tony Esposito's body. Just saying.
2: And her life was made into a movie.
1: There's usually a
2: good movie where a mafia story is concerned. Absolutely. Let's face it. So La Pupeta kind of, you know, is usually considered the first real female mafia mafiosa and, uh, but, you know, there are, like we said, all these trend stories about this happening in Naples. And the reason it's happening there, like Kristen said, there's a difference in Sicilian values and the values in Naples, where it's it's more acceptable to give your business to a female family member um, rather than an associate, because, you know, in, Cis- in Sicily, they still have a lot of these uh, gender stereotyped ideas of the woman in the kitchen. Um, but basically, there was a big crackdown on male mobsters. So all the fathers, all the brothers, all the uncles were in jail. So that someone had to step up, and more and more it's the women. And so some people are saying it's really not empowerment because they're just holding the place until the guy gets back. There'd be no other circumstance in which they get to head the family. But other people are saying, no, it's been the women all the time. And there was this one Sicilian court that said that, uh, you know, women, we shouldn't pay attention to the women. They're too stupid to make mobster-related decisions. And, uh, you know, a prosecutor later said if we had just followed the women, we would have found all the crimes because they were the ones orchestrating it. They were just clever enough to make the men think that they had thought of them.
1: And even when the men are in prison, the women can run messages by going to visit their husbands and then take whatever kind of commands back to the other mafioso out there. And, of course, the Italian police have caught on to this trend of of women taking more powerful roles within mafia families. And the number of women charged for mafia crimes has only been escalating since 1990, when only one woman was indicted for a mafia association. And it has a lot to do with people like Licciardi And then there's this also uh, wonderful rival. Why am I saying wonderful? It's so weird. Uh, this rival. Interesting a godmother figure named Armenia Giuliano who was also arrested not too long ago but she insisted on being able to take a shower visit her hairdresser put on high heels and a fake leper skin coat just for the pictures she wouldn't? was being taken to jail she wanted to look good and
2: of course the press eats these things up and that's why we can you know giggle over these you know titillating articles but, uh, you know, it, it just seems to go in the face of stereotypical gender stereotypes, because a lot of uh, legislators and, and law officials thought that once women were in charge, they might do what was better for their children. They might, you know, try and get their men out of crime. You know, they might get them to to turn, you know, to confess, to to give up some names. And they really haven't done that. There's only one notable case where a female mobster got arrested and finally uh, sang like a canary so that she could be with her children. And, it, you know, it's been interesting to the prosecutors to see that, you know, it's not like women are going to be
1: the trick to breaking up uh, organized crime. But on the outside of the mafia, we should note that there is a group of women In Sicily, who is trying to stand up to the mafia forces that will go around to the businesses and basically charge them for the protection. Mm -hmm. And they founded this group called the Adio Piso name, uh, meaning Goodbye. Piso. (laughs) Uh, And the Piso is a reference to a 10% levy imposed on the entire business community by the Cosa, uh, Cosa Nostra. So that's where the name comes from. But a lot of these are younger female business owners who are saying, you know what? It is time for us to stop. Sitting under the mafia's thumb and let's, let's create our own sort of protective bands. And they've also done a tourism push to, uh, have tourists come and support, specifically support these businesses that are not giving money to the mafia. And so far, it seems like it might be making a little bit of a difference. Granted, some of these female business owners are terrified because yeah. they are still getting followed and threatened by mobsters. But, again, it's it's kind of interesting to see, like, on one hand, you have the rise of the female godmothers, and then on, on the outside, we've got this this rise of the, the female-led audio piso. So. so here's my question to wrap
2: things up, Kristen, for you and for our listeners, if they care to weigh in. If we're going to make a female buddy movie, would, would we rather play two godmothers, you know, lording mm-hmm. over Italy or Jersey or wherever with our... With our mob-like ways? It would have to be in Italy versus Jersey. It was just put in there, Yeah. <laughs> or would we rather play two young women on the outside taking on the mob?
1: Both could be really good movies. You know But what we could do? I mean, this might sound a little controversial, Molly. Huh. But, you know, like, I could play someone in the mafia, and maybe you could play someone on the outside trying to bring me down. And taking the juicy role for yourself. I am a little bit. And I, cause I really, cause that means that I gotta be to the pasta all the time.
2: Cooking the spaghetti while your victims are in the basement.
1: Uh, <laughs> while, on I'm throwing, while I'm throwing acid on people's faces from the window of my Audi. <laughs> so if you have anything you'd like to say in response to our extolling the the virtues of bloodthirsty godmothers in Naples, Send us an email or head over to Facebook and Twitter and let us know your thoughts. And in the meantime, let's read a couple listener emails.
2: Okay, I've got one here from Mary, and it's on the episode about whether it costs more to be a man or a woman. And Mary writes, it does cost more to be a woman. This is a fact recognized by the federal government as reflected in the clothing allowance received by military enlisted personnel. This year, Army men will receive a clothing allowance of $370.80, while women will receive $410.40. This additional money is to pay for extra stuff women need, such as running bras, pantyhose, dress pumps, and other gender-specific necessary uniform items that are not issued. When I was in the Army, it was always nice to get that little bit extra. It was never enough to actually pay for all the additional items that I had to buy simply to be able to go to work, but it was better than not getting anything extra compared to the
1: men. I've got an email here from Phoebe, and she is 14 years old, living in London, and she was writing in in response to our Royal Wedding podcast. Coming is, up, it really delights me so. And she writes, "I don't think that the Royal Wedding is all that negative, especially considering we're just emerging from a depressing rese- recession. The wedding is refreshing and new, and seems to be giving people a sense of national identity and constancy." I disagree with those who try and demonize the wedding as it should be remembered that this union seems to be a real love match and made of true feelings and not just glued together by meringue-like dresses and a lot of imagined affection. The wedding is also positive because it shows younger children that princesses don't have to be ditzy and charmingly vulnerable to be considered true princesses, but can also be intelligent down to earth and independent, something that may well instill values of self-reliance in later life and the knowledge that they don't need to pretend to be dumb and only interested in ball gowns to feel feminine. Uh, Well said, 14-year-old Phoebe. Yeah, love it. If you have any emails, again, our address is momstuff at And as always, you can connect with us over on Facebook, like us, leave a comment, comment on other people's comments, and head over to Twitter and follow us at momstuffpodcast. Tweet me and also read our blog during the week. It's stuff mom never told you at howstuffworks.com. For more on this
0: and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, Click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring